Hey everybody, welcome to tonight's Late Night Happy Hour. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky joined tonight on the first night of the uh, the offseason. It is officially NBA offseason day one. And it's uh, Zach Schwartz from the Dunk Bait podcast joining us. We've had the two other guys. Now we got the other guy. So we got, now we have everybody. Zach, welcome. Thanks for coming on. It's good to be here. It's, let me just say it's a real honor to be here after last night. I was kind of worried I would be here in this slot where I had to act like the world wasn't falling in on my head <laughs> as we were going to a game seven. So this feels great. Yeah. No yeah. pressure, Zach, but we need you to assure everybody watching this show that it's all going to be okay. It's yeah. all going to be just okay. fine. Listen, and we're going to tee you up to explain it to everyone and sure, go. Sure. I'll say this. I was like watching the Dodgers tonight and I was like, I can't eat. They lost tonight. And it's like, is this, is this already ruining this, the dot, the Laker title a little bit because they lost tonight? No, no, can't. no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. No. I mean, first of all, there are some people that are fans of one team and not the other. So mm. that, you know, they're, they're in a separate world altogether, but you know, I'll be honest. I, I would like to see the Dodgers do this. I'm not a Dodger fan per sure. se, but I like the Dodgers. Um, they're probably my second favorite team, and I've certainly got nothing against them. I've covered the team. I got a lot of friends with them, but yeah. you know, they got to get they got to get their own well, shit together. I, they can't I, glom on the Lakers just because yeah. of what the Lakers did. Like they don't get to hide behind the Lakers, and they don't get no. to take down the Lakers. That's no, not how this there works. There was a team around that really wished the Lakers could like hold a parade and do all this other stuff. It's the Dodgers because yes. if they manage to screw this up, and there's already tonight, like why didn't you let? Uh, Gonzalez start the you know the 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 Trinan inning like that didn't go well. He threw like six pitches and they were great. Why not let him come out for the next one? And he was and and Roberts was asked about it and he basically said, "I really uh, you know he threw the ball great. I just love that matchup of uh, Trinan starting the, the next inning." Mm. That didn't answer the question. That's not an answer. No. Why? Why no. did you do that? No. Uh, you know, ahead of the show, we talked about upsetting different cities once. When I was tweeting from the Yahoo Sports account, I posted a photo of Justin Turner kind of looking out longingly, and it said, felt cute, might lose in the World Series later. <laughs> and we had people giving us, like, all sorts of threats about coming to the office, like, because we're in L.A., and I, I'm a Dodgers fan. I just was sort of like, you know, I, I don't know, self-deprecating. That seems like a healthy way of handling the situation. We've learned there's no over problem. the years. There are a lot of fans with no sense of humor whatsoever. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you none. If, over the years, how about this morning? Like, okay, so let's talk about this. The <laughs> Lakers the Lakers win a title last night. In what yeah. I mean, and Andy and I, we did our, our, our podcast last night. We did a live, you know, live version of it for the post game. And, like, I love this story. I love everything about, like, there was, there was really a lot of legitimate uncertainty about this team, Zach, coming into the mm -hmm. season. You know, not that they weren't going to be good. But that, like, could they win a title? Were they going to win a title? Like, there were yeah. a lot of questions that they had to answer, and they just kept ticking off all these boxes and winning games and playing great defense. And then Kobe dies, and they 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 handle that with you know as an organization and as a team with great elegance yeah. and strength. And they get into the bubble and it looks shaky, and then they dominate. And Anthony did like there's just story after story after story that's great. And I wake up this morning to. Everyone hated our team. Nobody picked us to get in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> really, people? Come yeah. on. Yeah. I um, I will be honest. I was terrified of LeBron not getting a ring for the Lakers because 
I kind of fall in the subsect of like Laker fan and LeBron fans. So when he got here, it was this wonderful thing. But you know that there's kind of those tried and true Kobe stands that were like, okay, yeah, whatever. He's got to prove it to us. And if he doesn't, you're just, this going to be this weird kind of subdivision within Lakers fandom. So I was so thrilled for LeBron and obviously Anthony Davis, but I was, I was terrified he was going to come here and I was kind of terrified he was going to come here and not win one. And then feel like some sense. And maybe this is the Jewish guilt in me of that. Like he came here and he didn't get a title and now we've hurt his, legacy is the Lakers which is insane it it can't really happen that way but oh my god I I, it was very I was all nerves so him getting it done was thrilled for that and obviously the Kobe element was amazing wow you were actually feeling guilt on behalf of the Lakers towards LeBron I mean wow I I like that's that's some stuff you could sit down with a therapist over I mean that is like super super Jewy yeah 100% that's like a plus you know I mean Jewish guilt right there a lot of there's a lot of anxiety in here (laughs) I mean that's really like the the idea of I mean were you were you actually wondering you know in this grand scheme of things where LeBron doesn't win a title what you had done wrong for sure should I have been at more games? Could I, you know, I was, I was, a man, I was a manager at Arizona State. Should I have pursued that as a career to help the Lakers work as a Laker rebounder for LeBron? Was that how I could have played into this? And There's so much more I could have done. You're, yeah, your 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 uh, what's his name? At, at your Liam end, Neeson. Liam Neeson at the end of the show. Like this the end of- yeah. I could have said one more. I could have gotten one yes. more rebound in the pregames. I could have. Yes. Oh my god. That's I've. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit when it comes to my teams, I can get concerned about jinxing them or like mm-hmm. if I've been sitting in a certain place for like a 22 run that was totally necessary to pull a team out of a deficit. Like I won't move. I'll wear some of the same stuff. But I do recognize at the end of the day, I really have nothing to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I, I should realize I, that. When, Brian and I tell uh, fans all the time, like, you know, I, I, this came up actually, I think after they took out either Portland or after they took out Houston, well, someone on, but it's something we've been talking about, right. Since, you know, for a decade, someone on Twitter asked us if we knew anything about a uh, potential parade. And we we're like, no, I mean, to be honest, we, we have no idea. And someone on Twitter responded, Hey, uh, it's not we can't get ahead of ourselves. And we're like, yeah. no, you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> like, you, you want to go sit out on Figueroa now, waiting? Go for it, man! Like, get get your spot. Like, I can promise yeah. you. Exactly. We got to take this. We got to take this one step at a time. It's like one. Yeah. No, it's not for not for you. Like they have to. <laughs> the Lakers have to. If you want to uh, print up three Pete shirts right now, go for I'll, it. It's fine. You can do whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> I'll say I was on. When, when the Lakers had the pick and they got Julius Randle, I had a lot of friends that were Clippers fans starting to talk some shit. So they're telling me, oh, it's over. You guys are going to be doing this draft thing. You, you didn't get a good pick in Randle, yada, yada. And I told them then, it doesn't matter. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. They're always going to be the Lakers. They'll win a title before the Clippers. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And I was kind of talking out of my ass at that point. But then when we get LeBron, I was like, okay, I think this is going to happen. Then they get Kawhi and I'm kind of like, and Lo and behold, I was right. Oh, it felt great. But if you watched the show last night, if you watched Dunk Bait last night, there was this very much like look of relief that I I was like, thank God. <laughs> so yeah. Now, have you have you reminded 
these specific Clipper fans, the ones that you told this to, like, have you have you let them know? Hey, remember that conversation about Julius Randle? Yeah. yeah, you know what? Double middle fingers. What do you think of that? So it's it's funny. There is one of them bet me a hundred dollars on it, and he was at my house last night, and he came over. He's a Clippers fan, and he's like, "I promise I won't be too rambunctious about rooting for Jimmy Butler." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." And we had that game in cruise control the whole way, so he was very quiet. And then it happens, and it's kind of like, you know, he and I actually didn't speak for four days after the Clippers lost because I texted him and I said, hey, never forget rents due on the first. You guys are just renters here in this city. <laughs> and, oh, he was not happy about that. And um, so I just decided better to bite the tongue. He's an important, important good friend of mine. And I just kind of walked downstairs to do the show and didn't didn't choose to rub it in. Did he leave you the money? No, he hasn't brought it up yet. But I, I'm like, ah, it's fine. It's fine, dude. Hundred bucks, a hundred bucks, man. These are long times. I know. I could buy some sweet Lakers title merch with that too. Yes, it's some yes. great stuff out there. So yes, wait, you could. What was the experience of being? Because there was a for a long time being a LeBron fan and a Lakers fan was not necessarily a super comfortable place to be. Yeah. So how was that experience for you? So I, I I turned a corner with it after like I I liked LeBron but watching the Heat lose I enjoyed when they lost the Mavericks even though I I despised that Mavericks team as a Lakers fan you know that was kind of this weird thing with him and then all of a sudden you kind of this moment you got pissed off where, at Berea for getting in the way of oh uh, Andrew Bynum's elbow <laughs> I still to this day will send the Bynum photo to my friend that's a Mavs fan just like whenever I'm in a bad mood. To I'm, say to say that that team went out ugly. Oh my <laughs> I mean, god. The worst. I mean, that was Ooh. that was a bad, bad Ooh, way to go out. I, I actually covered that series. I was in Dallas and Game three of that was one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen. Because, you know, that's the one where Phil, I mean, Phil, had ne- I had never seen him move that much. He was mm. on the sidelines moving around, you know, stalking, shoving Pau Gasol and this and that, and it didn't work. And then, you know, you're sitting there, like, we all know what's coming in game four, but, like, it was even worse than I thought. It was, there was one step away from just steel chair off the turnbuckle. <laughs> um, it was, it was as if, like, it was the, the moment where, like, the Fisher, who, who was the Fisher head? Oh, Louis Scola. Right, the Fisher Scola headbutt where like Fish goes like, wait, what did he do to me? <laughs> like yeah. That, like that only yeah. turns up to like 80. I, uh, I've i done my best to block all of that series out just because I remember sitting there sort of like, okay, we're going to get one more three-peat for Phil. This is how it ends. This is how it has to end. And then you just start sitting like, no, no, what's happening? And it just seemed like kind of everything had slipped through your hands and it was already over. And they're competing to put the same comment up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, as the kid from NYC notes, when Meta had to come bind him down and escort him out, I knew that uh, dynasty was over. Right. Yes. Guys, settle down. Uh, but anyway, I, 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 we, this was an interruption of your, oh, of your story sure. about you being a LeBron fan. And not an easy place to be. No, um, my brother lived in Cleveland for the last, you know, five years or whatever. So, so he, when he got to the Cavs, my brother, that's kind of when he got to Cleveland. So it was sort of fun. Then I guess I'll say when LeBron was in the heat, there was this kind of aha moment where I was like, I caught the tail end of Jordan, but I, like, I, you know, I can get to watch this guy be 
as good as anyone will ever be in my lifetime. And why would I hate on this person? So it was like, I'm going to take this in and appreciate it. I can still enjoy Kobe. They're two different types of player. And I actually never thought LeBron would come to LA in like a million years. It seemed like such a pipe dream of a thing. And, um, my God, it's awesome. So <laughs> I was very grateful for it. But when you went to the Cavs, my brother's in Cleveland, so it made it easy then. Um, I think everyone was sort of behind that of him bringing the title back there. Uh, so He's really good. <laughs> my God. <laughs> it's it's, it's text, amazing the things that he does. Yeah. I texted my brother last night, and I was like, thank, thank you and your Cavaliers for letting us borrow this man. I don't know. I don't know how long it'll be where he'll stay here. I know we got another year of him on contract, but you know, is there some other place he's going to go journey off to? I get the sense he'll probably finish it out here, but um, yeah, I was, I, you know, like I said earlier, I was genuinely relieved that he got that title because I was like, Lakers fans will never leave him alone. If it's like, Oh, you can, but you couldn't do it in LA. It's like, Oh, shut up. Like, come on, let him have it. Like he's, he's LeBron. He doesn't need it. Doesn't need to do these things, but for him to come here and do it for us was, was goddamn amazing. It's, it's funny. Like, and that, yeah, I think you understand what I mean. Like the, 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 the death of Kobe changes the context mm. of everything that happens around LeBron and not to get, you know, too maudlin here, but like it, it is a different thing after his death than it mm. was before. Not that Lakers fans wouldn't have been excited and Kobe would have wrapped his arms around this and, and all of yeah. these things, but the, just the context and the feel of it is it, it went from sort of like this guy who is, are you threatening Kobe's legacy, which was always stupid. He was Kobe's here for 20 years. I mean, LeBron yeah. can win three titles here and he's not yeah. going to be a greater Laker than Kobe. Like it, it's no. never going to happen, but people are so protective of Kobe's memory. Um, you know, and, and just, you know, this is while he was alive, you know, people yeah. are protective of his, of his playing memory that, you know, having done this now, it becomes almost like an extension of Kobe's legacy. Like, they were doing so much of this motivated by Kobe and inspired yeah. by Kobe and talking about Kobe that it almost feels like Kobe helped them win it again. So yeah, it, it, it really is. And it, it is a horrible thing, obviously, that nobody would have asked for, but it does mm -hmm. change, I think, the relationship fundamentally between LeBron and LA, especially now. I agree. And I think the way the Lakers fans then, even the ones that were maybe detractors, not detractors, but were sort of like arms crossed Lakers fans when looking at LeBron were sort of like, all right, we're all doing this for Kobe. We're all doing this for the the kind of greater cause. I, you know, um, you talk about the parade and stuff like that earlier. And I was like, it's such a bummer that these guys deserve to be able to celebrate and be the Kings in this city that they should be. And I'm sure they are, you know, but um, it's a shame that, that they weren't greeted at LAX. Someone today at our office or in our office Slack was like, you know, it wasn't really a big deal when they landed. And I was like, that's because there weren't like a, you know 10,000 people there to greet them. Like there can't be so kind of uh, uh, an unfortunate piece of it because it would have been so fun to see the giant celebration and all the tributes to Kobe with it. Ha have you heard our our theme park style uh, parade idea that we had? Oh um, my god! Please, well, me. because I, you obviously can't do right now a regular parade. I mean, it's just on so many levels irresponsible. The PR for the team would be just horrible rightly right it's we're, we're not we're not here to hold a trump rally <laughs> right yeah. I mean, I yes. no no no. no oh my god to go too far out of field on this but you see he actually tossed his mask into no. the crowd no, in my. florida i'm not i'm not kidding like i mean 
I, I realized that like, there's like nothing right like, like Eddie Vedder throwing a guitar pick. Yes. <laughs> what do we yes. Do? Yeah. yes. Or I guess if you want another example, a, a, a president throwing a roll of paper towels into a <laughs> group of desperate uh, Puerto Rican citizens. So, like if you want an example, but like I, I've never seen. Well, I was going to say I've never seen anything like it before, but then I recognize I've seen plenty of things like it before in the last four years. Yeah. But yeah, he he tossed the mask into the crowd. Lord. But anyway, who, who wants that? He's, oh, the crowd? I realize he's the president of this, but like, if, like, that's gross. Like, if for anybody, if Barack Obama, who I, I mean, I think by now people understand that, like, Trump's not my guy. I mean, I don't want not to make a show about I prefer Barack Obama. If he ask at me, I'm not catching that. No. Also gross. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. It is a bit I like when they throw a Kleenex at me. I'm not catching it and be like, this is Barack Obama's Kleenex. Okay. It, before we get to the, the uh, theme park style parade, mm. is there anybody living or dead that you were such a big fan of that you would try to ca catch their mask. Oh my God. I was just thinking like when Conor McGregor gets a knockout and he throws the mouthpiece into the stands, oh. like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want yeah. the mask. Anyone living or dead. I mean, I gotta be honest. I Jimmy don't. Jimmy Hendrix throws his mask <laughs> out. I probably want the thing I did. One guy. Yeah. It's who, who, Slava Medvedenko. <laughs> oh God! Slava used to live right next to my high school. Wait, what? Really? We, yeah, we'd see him take out the, the garbage lead. and stuff. What's that? You buried the lead. I know. I know. I should have opened with that. He uh, he was right. His house was right next to like Miracosta High School out in Manhattan Beach, and and my friend Josh, he lived like right across the street from him. So whenever we'd like walk over there, we'd see like it was like weird days. He'd come out like in his robe. It was like as much Slava on brand as you can imagine push the garbage cans out slava and he'd give us the wave and just shuffle back into the house and he was a laker for longer than i think people remember not us but no, no. We no. At all. We, wait so he was, he was by your school or by yeah. your house no he's right next to our high school my friend josh was the one that kind of lived in that area near our high school so we'd always go hang out at his house after school when we cruised over there he's uh there's slava uh, just you know, it was. I swear to God, I saw him take out the garbage five times. I never saw him do anything else. Those are the only times I ever saw him was like pushing the garbage cans in and out of his house. All but right, that's, that's it. What I love about Slava. I mean, NBA champion, icon, <laughs> legend, still takes his own sure. garbage out. Mm -hmm. Man of the people, pants on one leg at a time. He's a man of the people. That's exactly right. <laughs> he, he, like his. I, the <laughs> Burnson says K Bros putting the Stan and Stanislaw. <laughs> my he, fantasy basketball team is named after my two favorite Lakers uh, of all time, uh, Slava Medvedenko and Von Wafer. Oh my God, uh, Slavon Waferdenko. That's the name. <laughs> oh God, that's a great name. It's it a is fantastic name. Legitimately, <laughs> he was. <laughs> He really was. And no, he thought Gambit one says Slava was the original. Mozgov. Yes. He was the original Mozgov. No, he never got that kind of money. He no, was, I was not say, the original Mozgov. If like, I if, if I told you that a Slava like player would come around and we'd give him almost max money, what would you have said to me? Is it Slava? 
<laughs> I wanted I, Kenny is what I would have said. <laughs> I, I had a plan years ago when Brian, this is going back to when Brian and I covered the Lakers for the LA Times during that era. I wanted Mitch Kupchak to give Slava a 14-year, $28 million deal. Oh my. Just, just to lock him up forever for what I think was a very reasonable contract. You know, sure. it's he's got long-term security. It's probably on balance what he was going to make for his whole career, but then we, we'd have Slava in one uniform potentially forever. We really missed it. I mean, we really – what a wonderful opportunity that would have been. You, know, you guys remember, too, like – Kobe, when he threatened to leave, it wasn't that Kobe was going to leave. He was going to take Slava with him. That, that's that my part of the threat. Oh. It's the best. De- it, it's the best detail in the last season. It, Phil Jackson's book. Yeah. He says that according to Phil, one day Kobe stormed into the office, you know, complaining about Shaq, upset about the situation, and he threatened to leave and take Slava with him. <laughs> Which is the greatest? It's the greatest threat I've ever heard in my life. I I love the idea that he's like Kobe's like finally had enough, and he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. And Slava, let's go. And just like they storm out of the gym together. <laughs> Slava's looking around like, what? What? I said, Slava, let's go. Okay, I guess I'm, right. I guess I'm leaving. Kobe oh said, I, have God, to go. I had no I idea. Go. I had no idea that that was the case. I mean, like. The Lakers always have these quirky guys, but like, is Caruso going to go down as like the ultimate kind of like Laker fan guy? I don't know the best way to describe it, but like, Slavo's one of those guys. Well, like, he's more accomplished than Slavo. I mean, well, for sure. Slavo is yeah. much more cult figure because True. You know, he's got a <laughs> largely between me and Brian. DJ <laughs> Mbango was our guy, it was my oh. our high school friend. Mbango was John Housley. That's my buddy who's like just the diehard Mbango guy. And Bango like, that first of all, we covered him. He was a great guy. Wonderful. He was a wonderful, great, great guy. Brian, Brian, you were there. I, I I think you remember it better than I do. Tell the story about DJ and the oh, earthquake. earthquake. Okay. This so, is so funny. Like, you know, DJ has seen some stuff over the course of his lifetime. I mean, uh, you know, growing up where he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so er, er, big earthquake in LA. DJ was when he was in LA was living at the top of one of these, you know, sort of high rise apartments. I think it was in Westwood. Either, I think it was no, it was near the arena. Okay. Uh, he's one of those guys who lived downtown pretty close okay. to the arena. I could be something like that. So he's down there or whatever, and he goes and the earthquake comes and he's never felt one before. That's that's you know, not something he's accustomed to. Freaked him the fuck out. He did not like it one bit. Yeah. Goes downstairs. Ask somebody like what's going on here. They explain it to him, and then they explain that there could be aftershocks. And he says, "Hell no, I'm not going back up to my apartment." So he just drove around for hours, basically <laughs> until like basically the threat of aftershocks would have gone away. Oh my That's god! How DJ Benga handled the the, uh, the 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 earthquake situation, which I just love. I thought that was it was. Wonderful those story. are my those are my favorite kind of stories. Yeah, like exactly. those kind of things. Like those are just the absolute best. Like um, I worked I worked for the ASU basketball team in college. So Eric Musselman, who's now the head coach at Arkansas, was one of our assistants. And Mus has just insane stories because he's the head coach of the of the uh, Kings and Warriors. And one of my favorite stories is he's on the team bus and Ron Artest is on the bus and they're going and they're in Chicago and he, Ron points at the Great Lake, one of the lakes that they're going by, and he's like what ocean is that? 
And no one on the bus wants to tell Ron Artest that that's not motion. <laughs> and it gets very, it gets very quiet. And he's like, I said, what ocean is that? And, and no one again. And the third time someone's like, Ron, it's, it's a lake. And he turns and he's like, there are no lakes. You can't see across. And they just silenced and just kept driving. And <laughs> Musk like wrote the story down and just saved it. And uh, that's one of my favorites. That's so fun. I mean, the, the truth is, you know, Ron slash meta is this mm. totally sweet guy. And yeah. like, I mean, he's one of our favorites that we've ever covered. He's a great guy, but early on in his career, like yeah. to say that he scared the shit out of everybody around him is yes. a massive understatement. What was the context, Andy, where he told the story of the guy who got the pickup game where the guy got stabbed by the table leg? It was during <laughs> it was during the 2009 Lakers Rockets series and Meta had been kicked out of the game because he and Kobe got into it and he oh, thought right. Kobe elbowed him. He like, actually he didn't think it Kobe did. Um and he elbowed he elbowed Ron in the throat and they ended up going at it and Ron ended up getting kicked out of the game. And there's this big scrum around him after the game and he's telling this story about playing this pickup game in Queensbridge that apparently it went really bad and somebody like broke off a table leg or, or something like that and basically stabbed somebody else with it like I, I don't think it was made clear whether the guy died or not there but, he, but it's just, that is in right but like, so and the oh he's telling this story pretty casually and and the kicker to all of it is so I'm accustomed to rough play. Right. <laughs> like he's explaining why. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like that's the point he was getting at was I've played in a game where somebody got stabbed with a table leg. So it's like, you know, it's not that I'm offended by getting elbowed in the throat. I just want it called fairly. Right. Yeah. This, this is a thing that happened. Like, you know, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm Googling now, like in, in, in some of the reporting, I'm just pulling up a thing from True Hoop. Um, that in the ninth, I mean, it was in 1991, but like, you know, a, a 19 year old basketball player from Queens was fatally stabbed with a broken off table leg today after a fight broke out during a basketball tournament. Now, is this the story that Meta was telling or Ron was, I guess Ron at the time was telling, I don't know. Um, but like nobody was going to correct him and everyone completely believed that like, this was a thing that absolutely could have happened during a game, oh, uh, a pickup game that Ron Artest was playing. Absolutely. And he was so casual about it. Was, it, it's so funny because you mentioned like I, I I so forget that there were those years where Ron was like not beloved by the Laker community because he was obviously on the other side. I completely remember that album. And I remember him like walking out of the court and uh, very almost like frighteningly calm trying to talk to Kobe. But like the rest, just get he's got to go. And then that was it. And then he comes to L.A., wins the title and is a you know, beloved Laker guy. I say all this because Dwight. When Dwight left, did you ever think, one, there was going to be a road for redemption for Dwight, and two, that it was going to end with Dwight getting a ring all these years after we were promised that first ring with he and Steve Nash? Not in a million years. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not even a little bit. When, like, because you guys had probably more connections with that team, like, was what were the stories about Dwight with that old team versus, you know, obviously we hear all these ones now about how good it. of a team he is. I mean, it was like everywhere else he went, he was very unpopular. I mean, look, I, mm. Dwight became, and I found the, uh, I think I found the actual footage of Ron giving this interview, which we might try to play later on. Um, it would get me good at using my screen share function. 
But um, it's LA Times, Andy, by the way. It's very possible we t we shot this video. It's a good chance. Uh, There's a good way. chance we did. And But anyway, so like you go back and Dwight was sort of an imperfect messenger sort of for, I mean, for, for some kind of legitimate questions about the team and like how this transition from Kobe has starred, like the next guy, like what was going to happen here in this torch mm. passing that like, no, it was not going to happen. Kobe was not just give the, the, you know, the franchise to another person. Yeah. Uh, but Dwight was so imperfect for this because he did the thing where he was walking around with the box score and, and all this stuff, and he was sort of just fundamentally unserious, I think, in ways that Kobe wasn't. In hindsight, the idea that Dwight Howard and Kobe Bryant in 2000 and whatever that was, 12 or 13 or... Um, 2012, 2013. Right. Yeah. The idea that that version of Dwight Howard and that version of Kobe Bryant were going to make it work together is ludicrous. Like, it really is. Knowing what the hell was anybody thinking about that? <laughs> and, you know, so... Well, I mean, they're also too, though. I mean, in fairness to Dwight, who did not handle that season well at all. I mean, our our impression of covering him, while we did not get to know him extremely well, because that entire season was just one big tense affair that you were looking to get out of the locker room as quickly as you could. <laughs> but like, and and Dwight was an odd guy. I mean, like he was as uncomfortable in his own skin. Mm. as I've ever seen a professional athlete. But in fairness to Dwight, the setup that the Lakers were looking to do, where they were looking to re-sign him, you know, max deal, whatever, where he was set up to be the future franchise face, while the current franchise face, maybe the greatest Laker of all time, was still his teammate. Like, that setup was going to be incredibly awkward. Never and I met. And like, I remember, you know, talking about it with some people or hearing fans and they're saying like, you know, uh, Dwight needs to just demand the torch from Kobe. Like he needs to demand that Kobe gives that thing over. I'm like, you guys realize this is a metaphorical torch, right? Like right. you don't like yeah. sit down and like go to a notary and sign it over. I'm like, yes. the, the torch is Kobe's until he's damn well ready to hand it over to someone else. And I can tell you that day is precisely when he retires. Like right. I can tell you. So Dwight was being put in this situation where he was going to be thought of as a franchise face when things went bad, but yeah. never a franchise face when things went well. And he really wasn't going to have the opportunity most likely to even be in that position to like three years into a five-year deal. Like, like the setup was going to be pretty fraught, I think, even under the best of circumstances, I, I think. I mean, Zach, I mean, I, I think that has a lot to do with why it was uh, it was hard. It was in a lot of ways. It was less about Kobe in terms of you know the next star coming and you know who wants to play with Kobe as who wants to walk into that situation because Kobe was so entrenched in L.A. that he wasn't going to get blamed for things going wrong. And no. it was like, <clears throat> do you want to be that second star when you know like? Who doesn't like Pau Gasol? Pau took so much shit though when he was on the team. Yeah, you know, when things went wrong, they didn't. People didn't blame Kobe; they blamed Pau. No, yeah, they never blamed Kobe. I, I think there's obviously a slight piece to me where I, you know, I, I still blame Steve Nash for that. The problems of that team, which is so irrational, and to, completely to your point of like, it won't blame Kobe, just won't. But I mean, if he had positioned his there. leg, if he had positioned his leg a little bit differently, so it broke in a different angle. 
maybe yeah. we avoid all this. I mean, he's got to take no. a little responsibility. I um I think I think with uh with Nash, <clears throat> we've talked about this on Dunk Bait before, but like LeBron's the best point guard the Lakers have had since Van Axel. I mean, like who's magic. there's this since magic. Since, magic. No, no, I know it's since magic, but like there's this huge just window where they couldn't get high level guards to come in Honestly, and work. And, I'd say he's the best point guard they've had. If you, if you're trying to come up with a candidate since Kobe. Wow. Since when Kobe used to, you know, Kobe in a lot of ways functioned as their point guard. Yeah. He's their best point guard since Kobe. Wow, it's just Parker. what yes. it's Parker? like smush Ramon, Ramon sessions, sessions. <laughs> I, no, the Ramon era like Jinx. help me help me I like I and uh, Ronnie being, Price oh my god but like I would talk myself in that okay this is the year Ramon is going to turn the corner and he's going to play all-star level and then it's like that, that's just never happening and like no, it didn't. So <laughs> it actually did not happen. That was I was always baffled with that stuff, but it, it was wonderful to see. And like, you know, I guess sort of the juxtaposition of Dwight and Kobe is this wonderful dynamic between LeBron and AD. It's like, could you have found a better right. superstar to kindle? In fairness, they were they were tight <laughs> tighter in the in the sense that the first person to have been the, the you know the, the most stunning story we have I still have ever heard uh at covering the Lakers was the one where Derek Fisher told us that he, you know, because he was Kobe's BFF on the team for a long time, never had been to his house, but <laughs> he had never been to Kobe's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, like, I mean, you have never seen more people, like, in a scrum kind of do, like, a double take, like, what, what did you just say? Like, uh-huh. not one birthday party, not one barbecue, not one. I mean, I realize he always lived in Calabasas. Kobe True. lived in Orange County. Yeah. But, like, not one time you have you been to the – like, you are his best friend on this team. You've never been to his house. When Kobe tore his Achilles, it was Dwight Howard. And who was the other – Jody super- Meeks. And Jody Meeks. Those uh. were the first teammates to go to, like, Kobe's house, like, ever. Jody Meeks, man. Okay, so the Ken- I saw Kendall Marshall coming up. Immediate flashbacks. When I was at ASU, I think he was with the Suns. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Suns are the ones that drafted Kendall Marshall before he ended up on the Lakers. I could be wrong. He may have gotten traded to the Suns, but I there was so. or or he would work out in Arizona. I, there was some piece. But we used to get texts saying Kendall Marshall's gonna and this is an NBA player. Kendall Marshall is going to come in and do workouts and it would be this like draw straws thing because no one wanted to go chase these long rebounds as he's just clanging shot after shot. So we'd be like, all right, I, you know, I did it twice last month. I'm not doing it. Someone else. And it was like, it would just go down the list of managers as people just were like chasing rebounds. That guy was brutal. So that was, that's my Kendall Marshall story. 13th pick of the NBA draft. Uh, in the 2012 NBA draft by the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, so there you cool. go. Okay. So, yeah, he would come work out. I, I think he had some time where he was at the G League or he was hurt and rehabbing. Something where, like, the team was away, but he was still there. And it was like everyone had, like, one time where, like, yeah, it's cool. I'll go rebound for an NBA player. And you were, like, the, the amount of running you were doing, you're just like, you know what? Someone else can get the next one. And it just <laughs> every time <laughs> would always just go through the list of managers. No, 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 no. So that's my Kettle Marshall story. My only real memory of Kendall Marshall on on the his Lakers stint was I remember when they got him, he, like the first three or four games he didn't play at all, and this was during a time where the Lakers were down to I think like 
Jordan Farmar and Xavier Henry playing out of position with point guards. Like, and like Xavier, to his credit, tried really hard. Like, the guy could barely yeah. dribble. Like, it just, yeah. and in the meantime, then Kendall Marshall, who D'Antoni wasn't playing. So before a game, I asked him, like, uh, you know, is there a reason that Kendall isn't playing? And I don't know if he thought that I was trying to get him to say something bad about Kendall or if he thought that I was questioning him. But he starts getting really defensive, like really super defensive with me. He's like, well, I don't understand why you'd ask me that. Like, you know, what, what's what's up with that question? I'm like, I'm asking because you have no point guards on this team. You specifically picked up this guy to play the point and you're not playing him. So I'm wondering, like, yeah. does he not know the offense yet? Is he hurt? Like, is there a reason you're not playing him? And he's like, well, I, I, you know, Dan, I, I don't understand why you're asking that. I, 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 I'm like, I'm not, this isn't a gotcha question. I'm really, I'm you're asking. Card. You, 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 you don't have any. Why are I, you I, yeah. I mean, like, and I mean, all the other people in the scrum were like looking around like, seriously? Like, what? Yeah. why is this upsetting? And to his credit, D'Antoni saw me in the hallway in between uh, the that scrum ending and the game starting. He actually apologized to me. He's like, I kind of bit your head off. I, I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, in that game, I think Farmar gets hurt. So, like, he has no choice but to play Kendall Marshall at this point. Kendall Marshall gets, like, 15 assists in this game, and the Lakers end up winning. <laughs> like, oh, so my God. The post game, we're all waiting for the coach to come in, and D'Antoni comes in, and he specifically looks for me in the crowd, and he goes, how about that Kendall Marshall, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty great. And again, it was that cool is... of him that he apologized and all that. Yeah, but that's a 10. That's a great story. Yeah, I, mean, I basically... Awesome. I basically remember that and that he looked like shrunken Vladi Divac. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh <laughs> my like, like if you God. put if you would put Vlade in like the dryer and he <laughs> and he shrunk, <laughs> he looked like Kendall Marshall. Hold on, let me pull up a picture. Oh, like, Lord. like if you put him in the dryer, like shrunk, and then gave Kendall Marshall a cigarette, like he would look exactly <laughs> like Vladi. <laughs> Those they look like, exactly the same. You are you really are correct. Like he does. Oh, hold on. Wait, <laughs> I'm not Wait, good at screen sharing, so uh, get, people are gonna have to kind of bear with me a little bit. Was Kendall Marshall not like the okay. like Ben Simmons before Ben Simmons? Like, like just like you smaller mean, Ben Simmons. You mean like point guards who can't shoot? Yeah, I mean, and like you well, wonder I mean, why D'Antoni didn't like him. Like this is the man who like pioneers this like just chuck threes is with small guards and like no wonder the the Kendall Marshall now like years down the road it all makes sense. All right, so can people see oh that? My- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean he kind of oh does. God. Am I wrong? No, <laughs> he looks there like shrunken body. <laughs> is it big enough? Can we see that? No, it's it's actually smaller now. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. That's like, so goddamn funny. I he, never picked up on that. Oh, somebody just noted he also wears number 12. <laughs> like that guy looks like shrunken Vlade. Yes. Yeah. All right. Like, you know, kind of. I cannot believe that. How about that for a screen share? Now, how do I stop? Stop sharing. Okay. There, there we you go. go. He, uh, I, I that was another guy completely bought in, completely thought Kendall's <laughs> gonna fit. He like he'll, he hasn't been good his whole NBA time, but I knew how good he was at North Carolina. Just means he was due. He was well overdue. So, but now you know here we sit after 
wandering through those years, wandering the desert, we've come back to this title, and this is great. There were some genuinely random motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, what about we had Adam Morrison for whatever reason that was? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, just so you know, really yeah. quick, we've got a we've got a game at the end of this show, and mm -hmm. Adam Morrison will make an appearance. Oh, just really? So you know. Well, yes, okay. he will. Not literally, figuratively. I mean, figuratively. It's not so hard up for things to do right now. I made plenty of money in the NBA. He doesn't need to be like, you know, showing up on this show for like an appearance fee. That's which, by the way, we don't pay. No, but. it's all good. He he is, I think, now the color commentator for the Gonzaga Sports Network or whoever, whatever network in Washington calls those games. He does he does their games. I know that upstairs in my kitchen. There's a signed Adam Morrison Gonzaga basketball. Really? That that was a gift from my dad to me well after Adam Morrison had not panned out in the NBA. So it was one of those things where the signature probably made the basketball cheaper, but it's a hilarious excellent. and awesome thing to also have. Excellent low-key flex. So you live in a place that has stairs. Oh, yes. Thank you. One of the, yes. Look at you with your dunk bait money buying a oh. place with stairs in it. Ooh. Just ranting. Did you have the stairs? bougie, Zach, if you, if you mind my saying. The stairs were here before we got here. Right? <laughs> they weren't custom really made. made. No. I don't have that custom stair money yet, all right? Actually. So we're working on that. Season two, maybe. We we covered uh, Morrison when he was with the team. He's actually a really great guy. Yeah, like we actually, Everyone says. He's, he's actually awesome. a really, really good guy. Um, I got to know him a bit for a profile that I wrote of him, and yeah. he he was he's a really cool dude. And I mean, he was popular on that team. They all really liked him. My wife still calls him Wham Wham Baby. She, <laughs> the, from the UCLA the game, basketball game she's ever watched was the one where Adam Morrison cried at the end. And the, she and then like when he ended up on the Lakers, she's like, "Wait a minute, is that the guy who cried? Is that the Wham Wham Baby?" Oh my god! Let it. I mean, he was sad. It was a really hard loss. Let it go. Gus Johnson, all I picture for that is Gus Johnson shouting Batista and just the chaos that went on in the, the rest of that game. <laughs> Batista! <laughs> oh, I loved that game. But So, I mean, like, what what was your immediate reaction when, when they win this thing? Because you, you had a lot of time to, like, let this title sink in. Like, you had a really long time to, like, know, okay, this is going to yeah. happen. Like, you know, it didn't take long before it was obvious the Lakers are going to win this championship. Three quarters to prepare yourself. What so, was the buildup like for you? And then what was the moment when they actually won? Sure. So uh, I, I was born in Seattle. Okay. So I, I still root for the Seahawks. That's, you know, I've, I've clung to that. My dad was a season ticket holder when they first started, whatever. When they won that Super Bowl against the Broncos, I learned now it was a terrible game for anyone else. But I learned it is the greatest goddamn thing in the world to sit back and just drink beers and be like, this is done. I get to now enjoy the final finished fully baked product of a championship without the anxiety of it being, you know, needing to score on the goal line, if you will, and throwing the ball and it getting intercepted. I didn't need any of that anxiety. Now, in this game, I will say up until about the third quarter, I was still terrified because I was like, if they do one of these things where they blow this 30-point lead and then we go into game seven and we lose, I'm going to have to hear about 3-1. I'm going to have to hear about blowing a 30-point lead in the third quarter like the Clippers did. So I'm well, I, I need to you need a third person to host your show because LeJethro would have died. <laughs> oh, and yes, oh my god, he was a mess, and it was hilarious last night. Just he got much... to be a virtual fan. Yes, yes, 
Yes. Yes. Cool. He was, uh, he, I, you could tell he'd been in his bottle of rosé, I think, since the second or third quarter. So the bottle, there was about that much left when we were celebrating. And uh, he, was having a, he was having a ball. So I was very happy was for him. The tweet of the night was his, where I was summoning the effect of these fuckers better not make me stand up. Yeah. <laughs> get off my couch because I'm nervous. Forgive <laughs> him. Yeah, it was um, once we got through that window. I, like I've made too many memes for I worked at the ringer. I had to make memes. I just was like, please don't let this be something where I'm going to get, we're getting roasted as Lakers fans. Once that moment happened, I was like, this is awesome. I get to watch. It was just beautiful. And it was so fun to watch kind of like the slow smile, just crack into LeBron's face, like just kind of come over LeBron's face and seeing AD and these guys kind of like start to step back and realize like, holy shit you know, we did like, we've just won an NBA title. And I think those got like for Caruso and Kuzma, probably especially when they got there, it was sort of like the team looked so a mess that this probably seemed like a complete pipe. Like we're never winning one for Lakers. I, I'm going to get traded to some weird team. Cause they're going to try and get a better player or a better pick. And like, then what happens? And so I'm I, I seeing that that kind of realization set in for them was amazing. Um, and that that it was just beautiful getting to sit there for God, that whole fourth quarter. Like, go ahead, Jimmy, keep shooting. It doesn't matter. This one is cooked. I get to, I'm just, I, I immediately got out like the thing of tequila and just started pouring that. And just, it was great. It's a fun feeling, man. Like it's a really fun <clears throat> feeling to, to be a fan of a team that wins a championship because like, you can lose perspective, and I I think it's something that Laker fans have actually come to realize. Like, this stuff is hard. Like, it's hard, and most teams, most fans don't get to experience it the way Laker fans have. Mm. Like, I mean, like the idea of, you know, they've gone 10 years since the last title. Most fan bases would kill to win a title <laughs> once every 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Like one every 10 years would be like, God damn, did I hit the fan lottery when, when I ended up just through the accident of birth or, you know, my dad got transferred to this city when I was yeah. six yeah. and I ended up a fan of this team. Like, cause a lot of times it's just, it's accident of birth stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to have some type of connection to the Lakers, like you lucked out in that thing, you've had it really good. Yeah. Yeah. And just it's still meaning so much to people is kind of the neat thing. You know, like Dr. Bus made this thing what it is, this incredibly neat, prestigious product. And, you know, Kobe leaves and you and to your guys point about bringing in free agents, I kind of remember sort of having this panic like, oh, God, no one wants to come here is it because the magic's run out or what is it? And then suddenly, you know, LeBron's here, and then we go get Anthony Davis. And times. you have to try like four times to not get Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm like looking at like there's these like weird pandering tweets from Adam Levine begging Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, Lamarcus Aldridge oh, Lakers jersey. Oh my God. What are we doing? Yeah. 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 Really about that? We we built we spent we built an entire bit on a podcast for like a year. Around the Lamarcus Aldridge pitch, because remember, like the first pitch to Lamarcus Aldridge, Lamarcus Aldridge was about no basketball at all. All Hollywood. It was. It was all like Hollywood (laughs) marketing opportunities. I'm like, you're talking about a guy 
that like never says seven words publicly. Like, has Lamarcus Aldridge ever seemed to you somebody who's dying to be in the motion pictures? <laughs> like, I mean, like, <laughs> really? You come to Los Angeles, we'll make you a big star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we had this recurring, we had this recurring conceit on our podcast where we were just like, we had this like old time nineteen thirties producer. You forget this. <laughs> Just hearing the voice is fantastic. Lamarcus, <laughs> have you ever been out for sushi? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you like dancing girls? <laughs> oh my god, the Brown Derby, Lamarcus. <laughs> who, oh my god, picture it, Lamarcus. <laughs> who is and who is the GM or who is it that led that pitch again? Was that when? Um, that was Mitch. I think Mitch and Jim. That was Mitch. Boss, though it was it was Jim Boss, right? Oh yeah, that was the, the guy who gave that Moscow was, yeah. all that money. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I've always had my theory about that too. I think it was an. I think he accidentally called Moscow. <laughs> <Well, laughs> butt dialed him. Yeah, I always thought that he butt dialed Moscow, and then it was just oh awkward. My God, well, was it, wasn't the story that he was like, like, just give me one more year, I'm gonna fix it, I can do it, and then he goes and gives all the money to Moscow, and it was like. What lottery ticket do you think you well, just bought? Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Mozgov. Like, because I, I full disclosure, at the time, I did not think that was an awful contract. Like he was not, he was coming off a pretty good playoffs with, with the Cavaliers. Mm -hmm. He was a relatively mobile big man who could play some defense, who could rebound. Um, I hated the dang deal from minute one. I was like, oh. what you, what is that? I, Wait, I don't what? get that. But <laughs> but still paying him. Uh, we are. Yeah, we were we yeah, were I, actually I think it was with Josiah. We were trying to yeah. figure out if he should get a ring. Because he's on the oh, payroll. <laughs> but I didn't but mean any, to cut you off though. About but anyway, the, with Mozgov, yeah, with Mozgov, I like what they should have done. Like, because what they really couldn't do was have that guy be your 1201 call. Like, they needed to just tell him, like, look, we swear we're going to give you this contract, but we can't have this leak for, like, another nine hours. Like, don't take this the wrong way. Like, we really want you. You can't be our 1201 guy. Yeah. Like, can you sit tight for nine hours? We promise the money's coming. We promise you. I mean, like, like we, we gotta let like who is it that you know there were like 19 centers that all signed for just extraordinary amounts of money like who is the guy on the wizards who signed for a ton of money it was uh god they were all terrible. oh it was in uh it was Jan oh my god okay yeah okay what to go back to luol deng here for a second yeah if luol deng was in uniform he would have been the blank highest player uh paid player on the team andy Ooh, well, his original deal was the God. five. I'm just talking about the five million that he earned this year. Oh, the five. Okay, the five buyout that he had this year would have been the blank highest okay. player on the less team. Than, less than LeBron. <clears throat> less than LeBron. He's less than AD. Yes. He's less than KCP. Yes. He's more than JaVale. He's less than Danny Green. Correct. I'm gonna say fifth highest. He would have been the fifth highest paid player. Oh my god, I was gonna go seven. I can't believe I was that far off. That Luol is Bang made five million dollars this year from the Lakers. That is more than Avery Bradley, JaVale McGee, Quinn Cook, Alice Caruso, Jared Dudley, Dwight Howard, Rondo, Kuz, Markeith, uh, Horton Tucker, Dion, and JR. More than I... Daniels was making, more than Demarcus Cousins was making. 
you gotta you have to tweet that out you gotta put that out <laughs> like, i'm sorry like I'll, I'll send it from dunk bait if, if you guys don't want it but that is a great fact right now. Just, we don't care <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it <laughs> oh my god you know what though and and I always feel a little bit bad about this because by all accounts, I mean, I didn't get to know him very well because he, his time with the Lakers was so unpleasant for him. He tended to stay out of a lot of stuff. And then memory serves, there was a period where he was sort of away from the team. Well, like, yeah. It wasn't his fault that they played. Right. No. <laughs> he wanted to play. I mean, Luol wanted to play. Yeah. Oh, no. He was not happy with this setup at all. And mm-hmm. he is, by all accounts, a true professional. He always seemed that way. Mm-hmm. That being said, my goal has always been to get paid to go away. Like, <laughs> like to really make enough money that the only way to settle mm-hmm. the issue is just to make me go away. Sure. That's that. I mean, that is the that's the American dream, really. Like what it yes. all boils down to is paying me to go away. Like, I um I cannot believe that. That I'm sorry, like that is you like just nuked my brain with that fact. Like, I cannot believe they. He was the fifth highest paid Laker this year. <laughs> would have been the fifth highest paid player. He was the fifth highest paid guy. He, the five million he collected made him the fifth highest paid Laker. <laughs> oh, God, is there? I mean, what, I got to ask you guys. What are your thoughts? You know, reloading for next year. You know, is there any? I don't. This is a tricky one because, like, they have. I believe it. What is it? Like nine million for the whatever. Mid level you know, or exception, or whatever it is, whatever exception yeah. it is, and there are 30 of them now, and they all have different names. But they have the nine million yeah. for that, and then like veterans, min minimums, and there's a, and they have a trade chip in Danny Green, you know, who's gonna be an expiring into an off season where that actually becomes very useful. Mm-hmm. And they have shoes. And the question becomes, I think, what do you like? I don't know. Can you expect certain things? It will never be the same. It, you, know, you can't bring back the same crew and yeah. expect it to work, work the same way again. The guys aren't going to stay healthy in the same way. They're not. You know, all that stuff won't be the same. You know, does Kuzma embrace playing this role again, going into a year where he wants to get paid? Mm. Different now, like there's just it's it would be it will be different next year. They have an opportunity to get better, but I think the biggest thing that we learned is. They don't have to get that much better because there's already there's clearly a gap between them and the rest of the conference based on what they did at the reg, in the regular season and that they yeah. rolled through the Western Conference playoffs at twelve and three. So yeah. you know the other teams got to catch up with them a little bit, and I and AD and LeBron if they stay healthy and don't fall off a cliff, when, you know AD is getting better. LeBron seems just fine. Mm-hmm. I, I think all they got to do is just not do things that kind of get in the way. I think you bring Rondo back, you probably bring, you know, JaVale's got a team. They got a lot of guys with team options, with player options who are going to probably opt in. Mm. Um, I don't know who they risk losing in that regard. <clears throat> I guess Dwight is a question. Do you bring him yeah. back? And for how much? Yeah. Um, somebody's asking, is Bradley signed still? I believe Bradley is one of the guys that has a player option. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think what we learned is like, they could use a little more shooting. They could use a consistent third scorer. I mean, we saw the news today about, you know, people were talking about uh, Gallinari, for example. Yeah. Like, God, that would be incredible. Yeah. Like, I, he, would I, be what they, he would be what people f- sort of hoped Kuz would be. Yeah. Can I can I make my pitch? I actually texted Kevin O'Connor about this, and there's it, it, it will not happen. It will just show you the kind of like 
It's very much like Lakers illness that I have going on up here. DeMar DeRozan, come back to LA, take a huge pay cut. Just get your ring, do a one-year deal, have your opt-out at the end, get your ring, and just go. You can either stay here after that, do whatever you want, but just come to LA. Come to LA, come get a ring, come home. This is your chance to come win a title with LeBron. Why not you, do it? You don't want to let Lowry keep having bragging rights over you. <laughs> your best exactly. buddy, Kyle Lowry, has bragging yeah. rights. Is he going to be a free agent this offseason? He's a free agent. I mean, he'll get paid a ton, and he should go wherever he wants. But, I mean, come back to LA. I mean, he, the dude Brad has made a million-dollar player option next year. So He was making money at USC, if we're being, <laughs> you know. Like more power to him. He should have. For sure. They all, yeah. I mean, he he's made a lot of money. Like DeMar DeRozan has made a lot of money. I would love it. I, I like him trying so hard not to talk okay. myself. Okay. It won't happen, but I mean that's a decent I mean, you know, they don't need him to shoot threes. He could be a scorer. Yeah. Good player. Let Great LeBron run let LeBron run point. He can they can both do the pick and roll action with AD very well, you know. He's made $121 million oh my his career. God. I didn't know that much. Oh, no, actually, more than that. He's made about $150. He's made about $150 million. It's a lot of money. Yeah. God. I mean, you know, $150 million would get you a place with a staircase. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. All right. <laughs> Two staircases. Oh, 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 no, no. We only have one. We only have one. Oh, I'm, oh I'm, look at Mr. Flex over here. I only have one. I'm simply saying for 100. Yeah, imagine how much Josiah is making. <laughs> this is the oh, Josiah with staircases for all his friends. Shut yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, they, in a lot of ways, this is, I think, a question of how much how much interest do you think there is for Kuzma around the league? Because mm. if you if you just trade, unless you're going to trade Danny Green for a longer term deal. That some other team doesn't want, and you're basically just happen there. Absolutely right. Like if say you can find like some fifteen million dollar deal that you know is fifteen mil through you know, a year through say twenty twenty three, and you're willing to do that. You're right. like you're willing to. Right. Otherwise, I mean, Danny Green by himself is not going to be necessarily that enticing. So yeah. it's really a matter of just what does Kuzma do for you, like mm. around the league? Like how interested are you? Well, the, the other part of that, though, Zach, is what do you like? The the problem with taking money on, obviously, is they're trying to really keep twenty twenty one or whatever the summer, not this next summer, clean, so that they can go out and get another star. Yeah. So, but if you win a title next year, if you win a title this year, you win something like in the office. Like, do you necessarily think you need a third megastar? I mean, obviously, okay. Well, you want Giannis if you can fit him. It's a weird fit, but you take Giannis because yeah. he's Giannis. But like. Do you need somebody that good necessarily to step into your kind of little mini dynasty that you have there? So, because you're not necessarily, I don't know if they were expecting LeBron to play two, maybe two years beyond the end of that. I don't know. Like, so how does this, does the success, Zach, do you think make it more or less necessary to go get another huge name? I, th I mean, I, <clears throat> I'm of the belief. And this is the, this was the great thing with LeBron coming here was that he just sort of shows that like the machine in LA still works. You can there's there's abs ab, like you can tell me that that the difference between being a superstar in Milwaukee and in LA is they're not 
you know, it's, it's the gap is closed, but there's still a giant gap there. Like LeBron comes here, he's got the media company, he's got these movie deals. I mean, it takes a certain kind of superstar to be able to pull all that off, but I think it's very enticing. So I, I that I say all of that to be like, yeah, I mean, like you see what having a superstar can do. And I'm always of the belief, like go grab whoever you can get. I, I genuinely don't think Giannis would end up here just because I think it's going to be somewhat similar to like, not quite of the same magnitude with Kobe and playing in his shadow, but like, I'm sure Giannis would be like, Oh my God, I'll I'm, people would just be like, Oh, he's just the pip into, you know, LeBron is MJ. Maybe not. I don't know. But I, 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 if there's a superstar out there, please go get them because I love that. Um, I think I, I just want to ask you guys I, you quickly, how big of an implosion do you think they're going to go through across town? With the Clippers, like how I, I knew we couldn't get through this without Clipper slander. I had to. I knew, no. I knew it was coming. Come on, please, I had to. It's the best. It's the worst best job in the world because you could go out. You could. I, I Lakers fans don't like this, but like, the Clippers could absolutely turn around and win a title next year. Wow. Um, but they could also not, and then Kawhi could just be like, "Eh, I'm going somewhere else." And then you're either left with Paul George, maybe he stays, or not. But like you're not going to win with Paul George as your best player. You have no draft picks. You have very limited access to young talent. And that's it. Yeah. Now you're screwed. Do you, is there a market for Paul? Like, what's the market value for Paul George? I don't know. Because, I mean, he's obviously a really good player. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. uh, when, when he's at his best, he is a, you know, he's one of the best two-way players in the game. But the problem is his playoff track record is so spotty. And, and he and his and collapses hurt. hurt constantly. Yeah, he gets hurt a lot, and the the times where you really need him, like like Kawhi Leonard did not play well in in that game where the Clippers eventually went out to Denver. But yeah. Kawhi Leonard's playoff record speaks for itself. He is a really great player. Like even even if you think that okay, he was a little bit exposed, and like there are people now looking back on you know maybe Toronto was further along than. People actually gave it credit, blah, blah, blah. But he's obviously a great player and a great playoff player. He actually had played very well in that series. He just had a bad game at the worst time. Paul George didn't like that. Like Paul George, if you look at his playoff, if you look at his playoff track record, it is all over the place. And, and that that's going to be problematic because the only reason you get a guy like Paul George is because you you want to have that type of firepower for a championship run. Like that's mm. the only he he's too good. It's weird to say he's too good for a team that's not in the championship mix. Like yeah. in terms of trying to acquire him, he's too good. We we like half jokingly floated this idea around like within we in like a pre-production thing, but and it would never happen, I don't think, because Clippers and uh, Warriors are too close and hate each other too much. But would you ever consider trading Paul George for that pick and Wiggins? Or is that too much for the Warriors to give up? Whoa. I, you know, on that team, I would do that. If you're the Clipper, if you're the Clippers, the problem with that though, yeah, is you're basically saying we're cutting, we're essentially you're cutting. Getting- you're cutting Kawhi loose at that point, aren't you? Well, I was going to say you're you're cutting Kawhi loose not for that season, but in terms of the long haul. Like mm. if you, if you make that deal, you are That's essentially funny. saying 
Kawhi, this is Kawhi's last year here because he, mm-hmm. he's not going to stay for that. Yeah, like you know, he's not going to force his way out for that season, but he's not going to he's not going to resign. Yeah, it's just that I mean, but and that's the the eight ball that they kind of find themselves buying because it's like who what are you going to go get that's going to be better than Paul George that someone's going to be like oh yeah here give a if they have no picks to leverage. Uh, Montrez, who I thought was a great asset, is going to leave. I would assume. You know who he is? He's Andy. <laughs> he's Ryan Tannehill. Like, oh like, god, he's like he's obviously like you can do better if you want an elite player and a star or whatever. But he is one hundred percent that category of well, if we get rid of him, we got to find somebody better, and it's hard to find somebody better than Paul George. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm like just very curious of how they're going to do you know, everything. I think that they had built themselves in such a way where it looked so good. And, but like, all of a sudden you're like sort of sitting here and it's like, well, it makes sense why it implodes. Like none of those guys played all the minutes that they needed to, to be ready. They kept saying they would be, but it just is not true. And then you have kind of hyper toxic players with Patrick Beverly and and those things don't mix. I thought they were going to get way more from uh, what's the guy's name that they got from, uh, the Pistons, uh, Reggie Jackson. Oh, Reggie I, Jackson. No, you're Reggie right. Jackson. Uh, I, I thought, I thought for sure Reggie was, I was devastated when they got him. So I thought he would have been such a good fit for the Lakers. And it was like, not nothing. No, I, I, I was able to live with it. Yeah. You were, Reggie, you were, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. Like, I'm you, good on the Reggie Jackson. Never, experience. Like I, this is another one of these things where I, like when Lakers fans talk about how like, of course it was, it was, it was pretty like, how did nobody just automatically pick the Lakers to win all this stuff? It's like nobody like you guys remember when, when the Lakers tried to go get um, what's his name from UCLA. Uh, I'm blanking. Help me. Um, he's what not year was it? League right now. Um, he sat next to Jeannie bus. He's the premier free. Aaron Collins. Oh, Collins. Yeah. Thank you. I just, I had a brain cramp. <clears throat> Like that was considered a potentially devastating thing because the Lakers had no guards, and that was before Avery Bradley never made it to the bubble. Like, yeah, like oh, Darren Collison, losing out on Darren Collison was a big effing deal. I remember and, that. Like, and now we're just sort of gloss over these historical things that happened because Rajon Rondo, who like I, I swear to God, ninety-seven percent of Lakers fans, if they saw him on the street and they weren't and he wasn't looking, would have hit him on the back of the head with a tire iron, drove him out to the desert and left him there so he wouldn't have gone to the bubble. That's how Lakers fans would have reacted seeing Rondo on the street. And then, you know, he, you know, in like the first game he plays with Houston, everybody's like, we will storm that place and we will take him out. We will remove, we will drag him the line to the quarantine line. Then game two comes, everybody's like, playoff Rondo. Yeah. I'm, I, I called it all along. Like, and like, stop. Like everybody stop the defense that he played just down the stretch was he was so great awesome. <laughs> he was really good right but hold my drink i was i was gonna ask actually if that happened um but yeah no i mean nobody saw that coming like i mean most i think most people if they are being honest did i i actually thought that they missed rondo offensively i actually did and that was something we had talked about on on podcasts before like as much as during the season, you could see the drop off between LeBron and Rondo running the offense, mm-hmm. and you know they they were demonstratively worse. What you really saw it during the restart period when Rondo was out in the first round of the playoffs, the difference between LeBron running the offense 
and everybody else, like <clears throat> literally anybody else. And then also, I mean, Rondo, to his credit, man, he stepped it up in the playoff. He, really like, he cranked it up in ways that I did not think he was capable of. Right, the fact that they needed Rondo that way was a bad sign, not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the, 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 to your point, though, the cranking like that, I didn't know he had it because there's this weird, like, disinterest thing that we you saw it when he was with the Mavs, where he just like kind of seemingly didn't give a shit for that whole time he was there and like there's drove no Carlisle crazy. <laughs> What's that? There's no seemingly. No, yeah, he just didn't there's... give a shit. Yeah. No seemingly. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't care. And and I I hadn't seen it really with the Lakers, but there was like this extra gear that I just kind of thought wasn't there anymore. And um God, it was awesome. It was just the defense. Like well, I mean, and then now next year you just re-sign him and be like and nobody's like nobody will care an ounce what he does in the regular season. No, no, well, it'll be great. I mean, that is, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> no, that's, I, I have, like, that's of course, if the Lakers make the playoffs next year, mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if they, <laughs> yeah. easy, yeah. easy, you don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to get the new Chris Mannix treatment. You, you've seen what's happened to Chris, and we've, we both think Chris is good at his job, but you've seen I'm, what's happened to him. Put my over under for the Lakers next year, 14 wins. Anywho, oh. I'm putting it in. <laughs> 14 wins. All right. Uh, you guys ready for the game? Yes. Absolutely. All right. So, obviously, the Lakers are coming off a championship. We are basically about 24 ish hours removed from it. So, I've got a game of Lakers playoff trivia. Stats based right. questions for you guys. You guys will guess who is better for different categories. And for all of these, it will be for their Laker playoff appearances. Like these numbers will not include any other team that they played for in their averages, cumulative, anything like that. Just their time with the Lakers. And all of these questions. It's just a. No, no, no. I'll ask each of you. And also, too, all of these questions will involve at least one current member of the 2020 Lakers. So we begin. Brian will go first in this one. Higher playoff scoring average as a Laker, Jerry West, LeBron James. Jerry West. Zach. I I got to go with LeBron, I think, because I mean, there were so I mean, he had that weird stretch in that first round, but there were he had so many 28s and kind of right around that range. I'm going to go LeBron. It's actually Jerry West, 29.1 points per game versus LeBron, 27.6. So uh, tight, tight. Those, but, uh, those games where he had like 17, 18, screwed yeah. that all up. I, I knew that was going to be in the cards there. Okay, and this next one, Zach goes first. Higher playoff scoring average, Alex Caruso, Shannon Brown. Oh, my God. These are such great questions. Oh, oh Lord. Shannon Brown has... Kawhi Leonard hands. Yes, he does. Oh my god! Yeah, I wrote a profile of Shannon, and the the opener of it was all about his hands. It's like, like that. Oh, really? That was, That's awesome. Hands with him is like putting your hand in an oven mitt. More play. I'm I'm not kidding. More players around the league that I talked to were jealous of his hands than his hops. Well, really. <laughs> <laughs> Hi-oh! He's a man, a man can't jump forever, but 
All right. So Alex Caruso, <laughs> Shannon Brown. All right. All right. Let me give you let me give you my rationale and reasoning here. I, I think I'm gonna go Shannon because he had I think he had more playoff runs with the Lakers, but I I only am gonna say that because Caruso's like over under for betting was like six and a half each night. So I, I'm gonna go Shannon just off of that logic. That I'm going AC. It, Soaring it's actually Shannon happy. Brown. Oh, and- damn it. <laughs> 7.2 points per game Maybe versus Alex Caruso. Average than AC. That doesn't seem fair. Versus Alex Caruso, 6.5 points per game. Vegas, Vegas. knows what's up. Vegas knew. Yeah. Higher playoff scoring average, KCP or Trevor Ariza. Again, this is as Lakers. These are as all Lakers. as Lakers. Brian goes first. Let's say KCP. I'm trying to remember because I, I I'm gonna go KCP two because I feel like Ariza's did so much more defending and didn't have and a granted Twitter. I don't, remember, was, I don't remember a 15 point game from Trevor Ariza. Yeah, sure I was gonna say number one. Twitter didn't go. I mean, Twitter didn't really go off like that, but Twitter <laughs> didn't go off for an Ariza game like it did when. <laughs> right. Like, well, you're both correct. It is KCP. 10.7 points per game versus Ariza 10.1. Also, Twitter didn't go off because it barely existed. <laughs> Higher there. steals average as a Laker in the playoffs. Danny Green or Lamar Odom? Zach goes first. Oh, gosh. I'm I'm going to go Lamar because I feel like Danny got kind of barbecued in some of these. <laughs> I just... You're talking about steals you throw to the other team? Uh, <laughs> I'll say L.O. It's actually Danny Green. Damn it. Uh, one point, <laughs> one steal per game versus Lamar Odom, 0.7. So it's still two to two. Higher playoff field goal percentage in the playoff as Lakers. Anthony Davis or Kareem Abdul Jabbar? Brian goes first. Wow. Yeah, these are pretty good. AD. These are great. Oh. I'm going to go Kareem, and my logic is didn't shoot threes to to detract from the total score, uh, and also just smaller, like he was playing in smaller guys. Like, there was no Bam Adebayo. Yeah, you're wrong. It's actually Anthony Davis, no. 57.1 versus Kareem, 54.3. It really puts into perspective AD had one, AD had one hell of a run in these playoffs as Nathan Mark says 80 shot like 99% (laughs) (laughs) assists per game playoff averages as a Laker Rajon Rondo or Norm Nixon Zach goes first Hmm. Hmm. I I, I think I'm going to go Rondo here I'm going to go Rondo here, yeah. Ryan. To channel our friend uh, and paraphrase our friend Harrison Fagan, people forget Norm Nixon was an assist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Norm. Like, Norm put up numbers in L.A. Nobody remembers. The, you're right. They don't remember. And he did actually have a higher playoff uh, assist average than Rajon Rondo. Eight per game versus 6.6. Norm Nixon yeah. was. And by the way, Norm, Norm Nixon played in the regular season, too. <laughs> better three-point percentage as a Laker in the playoffs. Markeith Morris or Michael Cooper? Brian. Mm. So both going to be low numbers. 
Or like know, maybe not. Maybe I mean, four stretch that really boosted him up. Oh, I'm gonna say Markeith. They took like two three pointers a game back then, too. It's like Uncle I will Coop. say this: they Uncle averaged Coop. around the same per game. They averaged around the same okay. if it helps. I'll go Coop. Just the, the Morris had a few threes in those first couple of games in the finals, and then it just got dicey. Well, not Uncle. dicey enough because it was Markeith Morris, forty-two percent <laughs> versus God. Coop. 39.2. So Brian is up. This, in this show. Oh, I would have been things aren't good. <laughs> uh Brian up five to two. Mm-hmm. More playoff minutes in total as a Laker. Talon Horton Tucker or Adam Morrison. Zach goes first. These are these are two like Laker Twitter icons. Yes. So I I, I want to make sure I get this right. You hate to choose between one. I, I, I'm serious. Just went off my. I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Talon. Is it is a Talon guy? Talon. Just I think he got more minutes in that that early series than it, Morrison uh, got. It's very close. <laughs> it's actually quite close. I think it's actually, I think it's ammo, but not by much. It's actually Talon Horton. Oh, seventeen total minutes versus Adam Morrison, thirteen total minutes. Um, again, very, very close. Five to three. Better free throw percentage as Lakers. Dwight or Shaq? Now, remember, Dwight did have two no. playoff runs as a Laker. Uh, Brian goes first. The first one was memorable. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Got tossed. I think Dwight was around 57% in this one. I'm going to go Dwight. I'm also gonna go Dwight just because that last finals game he had that that little stretch of line where he hit both free throws and that's all that's gonna stick in my mind. So we're gonna go with Dwight. The answer is actually Shaq, fifty-two percent versus Dwight, fifty point six. That first, oh, that first year was forty-four point so four. Oh, that's why they lost. Yes, yeah. yes, five that's to three. Why they lost that series. Two more. I, I needed more. that. Yeah, you did higher. Higher usage percentage for their Laker playoff career. Usage percentage, estimate of, of the percentage of plays used by a player while he was on the floor as Lakers in the playoffs. LeBron or Kobe? It is really, really close. Zach goes first. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to like kind of... I'm trying to picture this out. I I I think I'm going to go LeBron. Like I feel like it's it's going to be one of these kind of crazy. It it just seems like it's got to be LeBron. It's legit close. I think there's a difference between usage rate and desired usage rate. <laughs> desired usage rate is 100% Kobe. Um, yeah, I will say LeBron. And Zach, repeat again who you said. I took LeBron as well. It's actually Kobe. Uh, 31 versus 30.4. I was actually surprised Kobe's was as high as it was just because of all the years with Shaq. Um, I I was surprised. I I guess that makes some sense. But yeah, I thought the Shaq years would weigh in. Then I was like sort of just imagining that. You got to remember too, those the the, the post Shaq pre 
Yeah. Tyler, there was a lot of usage there. (laughs) Yes, there was. His usage percentage during like the the Smush Parker Phoenix series was 93. (laughs) Last one and Zach. Every fucking possession that was available. (laughs) It's five to three on this last one. But Zach, as luck would have it, totally random. This last one is worth three points. So you can still win. Just coincidence. I love it. I I can't believe it. Love this. Love this game. (laughs) <laughs> most triple doubles in any single playoff run as a Laker. So any single playoff season as a Laker, LeBron or Magic? And who should go first? I have to go first, right? Okay. You just, yes, you go first. Otherwise, I can sabotage the game. Yes. Well, we just talked about like it's what he did very close. He only had two in the finals, but he almost had six. It's very, very close. I'm gonna go magic. I was I was gonna go magic, but I, I'm just I had to take LeBron to, to try to LeBron. win. Yeah, so win. I gotta take LeBron. Unfortunately, the answer is actually magic. Yeah, LeBron had five, magic had six triple doubles during a playoff run. But okay, which year was that? I uh, I'll have to look quick. Yeah, it's like what I wonder how many games they had to play. It's, it might be if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. That, the stat should be per like triple. Yeah, no, no, I can find it. I'm capita. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Six. The year that he had six was 1982. Oh no, your theory just got shot to hell. Yeah. He played 14 games. Oh, well. oh my god, that, that is very <laughs> prolific. He played, he played 14 games. Six triple games. Yes, he had a triple double every other game. <clears throat> Man, that is just stupid. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Really yes. good at basketball. Yes. In what in what can only be described as a shock, the Lakers won the title that year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, of course, back then, like that was best of five, at least in the first round. It might have been the best of like three. Like back then, NBA games didn't have a lot of value. He had six triple doubles in 14 games. That is impressive. Yes. In the 70s, the NBA had a stretch where like they just played a game of horse, and that was the first round. <laughs> like, <that> was, <laughs> nobody wanted to see those games. No. Indeed, that magic guy was pretty good, as Mike Ross points out. <laughs> I do. This was fun, man. This Thank was a lot of fun. Was, you guys are legends. I, I really appreciate you. it. it was, I, you know, I've, I've been listening to you guys for years. This is very, very uh, an awesome honor for me. When I tweeted it out, my mom texted me. was like, you're getting to talk to those guys? She's, well, she's listened to you guys on the radio for years. My dad liked the tweet. I think it's cool that your dad has a Twitter handle. He does. Like 5,000 followers. Like He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> he was on me very early to make sure I was, I was smart about what I was putting on Twitter. So was, uh, Get yeah. yourself on the Twitter machine. Yeah. It's going to be big for you. A lot of that anxiety. We've had LeJethro, we've had Josiah, and, and they, we looked at Oh, each other. your dad's in the chat. There oh, he is. No. I'm assuming, is. actually. Oh, <laughs> it is him. That is him. Oh, good. So you're you're a legend in your own mind. Yeah. Or his yes. own mind, I guess. In his own mind. In, in my dad's own, own mind. mind. He's a, yeah. We said, you know, let's let's get the, the, the Jew. Let's get him, too. <laughs> I love that. One we gotta get of you guys. us. One of us. <laughs> No. We got to get you guys on dunk bait, uh, but yeah, really appreciate you. Uh, that would be fun. Oh absolutely. my god! Are you, are you allowed to do that? Oh yeah, yeah. We can get you guys on dunk bait for sure. Oh, That'd be awesome. Love it. 
Do you have uh, do you have anything to plug beyond uh, beyond dunk bait? No, uh, follow me on Twitter at ZachZachZach, just three times. Um, you know, keep, follow follow Yahoo Sports and um, tune in for Dunk Bit when we come back next season. So thank you guys for having me, man. Really no, appreciate man. it. This hey. was great, man. We're really glad we could do this. Uh, awesome. Tomorrow, we've got a really, we actually have a, you know, this this week has come together nicely. We have a, a fun show tomorrow, Samus Fendiari, uh, a great podcaster in the Northern California area, uh, does a lot of football. Big basketball guy will talk Lakers and next season and what it might look like with the Warriors. Also some uh, NFC West because, you know, Rams, man. Yeah. And uh, the uh, for Lake, uh, the Rams. The Rams are up in the playing the 49ers this weekend. So we'll do a little bit of that. Wednesday, John Weissman, who if you are a Dodger fan, you know his stuff. Ran the Dodger Thoughts blog for years. Covered the team for the LA Times. He's going to join us talking uh, MLB. Lindsey Theory on Thursday. Gustavo Arellano on Friday. Uh, it is a fun week, and we will see everybody tomorrow. Thanks. Dark you, Nidalon. <laughs> <laughs>